Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shafer the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back again with another microsode for your eardrums. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the fourth podcasting wall and say that um, we are late on this episode because the day we are recording it is the day that you might be listening to it because this episode was supposed to go out yesterday, but I have had a new job start three weeks ago. I finished three weeks, fifteen days into working at this job. By day 12 or 13, I was already training other people, uh, and I'm still in my training phase. So I am proud of myself and what I have done and learned and picked up so far. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, I'm also exhausted as fuck when I get home. So we haven't uh, we haven't had a chance to meet and record. So we're recording this. It's Saturday morning and uh, or afternoon for some of our cast members, early morning for some of our other ones depending on the time zone we are all situated in. But we are here and we are going to chat. And uh, then this episode is going to go out later this evening. So if you're listening to this when it drops on Saturday night, then um, it's same day listening. Look at that turnaround time. <laughs> it won't happen like this often. <laughs> Trust and believe. But uh, we will be getting back onto our regular every other Friday with some additional Friday content coming your way. We got to get Brian on uh, editing down some of his interviews and you're going to be hearing some uh, audio versions of some rainbow spotlights on our off weeks coming up. So pretty soon you'll be getting some flame on in your ears every week 
for a limited time, just while we get some of that content out. Uh, to our Patreon subscribers out there, hello. We are, I think, all caught up on our thank yous. Um, BJ and I have already started talking a little bit, and uh, we are finalizing our new um, our new Patreon levels. So y'all will hear this. We're all talking about this. So June 1st is the 10-year anniversary of Flame On as oh a my show. God. 10 Ooh. years, a decade of flames, flames on the side of your ears. Wow. Face. <laughs> side of my face, heaving, <laughs> breathing, heaving. I mean, you know, it, it made more sense to be the ears because it's, you know, we're in their the ears. Podcast. Yeah. Not they there, can't see yeah. it. <laughs> I That's mean, why my have... tits are out. <laughs> wait, just wait till we do a, like a live stream, like another uh, like house party like we did back when I first moved <laughs> up here. Oh, my God. Can like, we please oh my, do that? Oh, my God. That was like a year ago. That's crazy. That's the last time that we did like um, a full cast, like live stream. I know we like Eric, Brian, and I have done some uh, live streams for like uh, our drag race recaps, our Rue caps. Um, speaking of Rue girls, and I know we, we kind of, there was a season 10 mentioned in the Say Their Names when we were just chatting before that we started recording. Um, but I actually shared an elevator for uh, four floors with the Vixen in face. Oh. Yes. Say their names. Too vague. Was in the elevator with me. <laughs> Full beat. Looks fantastic. Was wearing a, a gold crown, like the uh, like the pink and blue ones that I have. And I was like, I love your crown. Aww. Anyway, just a little digression there. But uh, we're gonna be getting uh, we're gonna be getting those new tiers on our tenth anniversary, June first. You're gonna be able to have new Patreon tiers. So. Uh, in the next week, we're going to be putting them out there. That'll give about a two-week run-up to June 1st. So if you would like to switch over, and then we'll go about uh, two months with both sets of tiers open to give people time uh, to decide which tier they want to so they can unsubscribe from the tiers that are going away and hop on board our new tiers. So I promise those are coming up. Those will probably be about a week after this drops. You will start to see those go up on Patreon, and we'll put them out on our social media as well. So... I feel like uh, I feel like BJ needs his own tier. And it's just <laughs> called Tears for Fears. Oh yes, and then he can write his own nightmares for the people subscribed at that tier. Oh, I feel like that two, would be a... two sent two sentence horror stories. Yeah, oh, yeah I think you'd enjoy that. It, okay, so I've been listening to Gayest Episode Ever, and one of the things is if you subscribe at the three dollar or higher level. You get a compliment from the compliment box, and I feel like this is like the um, the Bizarro <laughs> version of that. <laughs> I like it. I, I can like do horoscopes it. when I know nothing about astrology. Oh Jesus! <laughs> horoscopes. <laughs> Pisces, they're watching you. Drink more water. <laughs> It'll be just like the Weird Al song. <laughs> Two, two ounces, two, 2.5 fluid ounces. No more, no less. <laughs> or else. <laughs> My God. So starting this new job, I I bought myself. I was like, I'm going to be a little healthier. A little, not a ton. Vegetables still aren't a thing in my life yet. But <laughs> only, oh my God. I didn't even, I didn't even hit the soundboard <laughs> If there's one thing that I can do that sound for, it's you and the vegetable thing. 
that was the soundboard. It sounded so much the same. I love it. <laughs> Unless I'm eating, there's a there's a certain um, like Campbell soup that's a, a beef and vegetable one. I love that soup. So, so much sodium. Food. So much sodium. Hi, have you not met me? I know. I Your live body with the salt is cold. To me. <laughs> the alcohol and the sodium. <laughs> but I am I'm glad not... you're drinking more water. Do you have a hydro flask? I don't know. I don't know what this that thing is. is. It's the hydro flask. It's like those big, thick, whatever, and they got the little spout. These are so great. Yeah, that one's is that metal? Yeah, uh, like aluminum or something. Yeah. It's okay. So no, hard. I so I bought one. It's not in the room with me, but I bought one. It's similar. It's like a thick uh, plastic, and it's got little markings on it. It's a thirty-two ounce bottle, and then it's got the. It, you can open one side, and it's like the wide mouth, so you can just you know chug. And then the other one, like you pop up and it's the straw. So you have the two options. And I fucking love the straw part because as I'm sitting at my desk at work and I'm doing modules or I'm doing stuff, I can literally just pick it up and like sip on it. Like it's a, you know, like it's a a soda. And my office that I work at now has a not it's so it's like a, it's a fancy schmancy water cooler because it's not like a, like one with like the big jug up top and you like pull the little thing. Like it's all internal and then it's got like the push push button and it is so cold. Like it is really, really cold water. And I feel like my, it tricks my mouth into thinking that I'm like having soda because the soda is always in the fridge and it's always cold. And like, it's, it's made me drink a lot more. So I've uh, did calculations and realized that four of those 32 ounce bottles is a gallon of water. So in the course of the three weeks, I've actually built up two, pretty much a gallon a day. And yesterday I drank one and a quarter gallons of water in my work day. Now I have to pee every 20 minutes, which is an unfortunate side effect. Yeah. That's not fun. And when you have a 40 minute drive home and about halfway through, you're just like, God damn, I gotta get home. It's kind of frustrating. So can I tell you (laughs) recently, and I'm 44 getting close to the magic 45, but it, it is it is a very weird sensation as you get older because your ability to not urinate on yourself like like when you have to go when you're younger no issues everything's fine you can hold it for days you're like a camel right but as you get older and you're a man I know women may have a different situation I don't know but but if you're a man that prostate does change and uh the ability to not wet yourself not like full-on like you know i'm an old old man like i need a diaper wet myself but the ability to not like leak a little it gets a lot harder i'm just saying this is your future old young children young men watching listening whatever this is your future so do your kegels or whatever the male prostate thing Kegels yeah. is definitely the answer to that. Do whatever you can do. Work that prostate. <laughs> Get worked. I know, but well, uh, yeah. now that Eric has crossed the magic, uh, the magic threshold, and is now uh, Eric. Eric, are you in the water sports too? <laughs> it's okay. Eric has crossed into a new decade. He's now older, well older than I am. Um, because I think, I think the last time, did I, did I leave it in the episode? I might have cut it out when we were talking about Eric's birthday because I didn't want people to potentially be able to stalk Eric that way. Uh, but Eric is not crossing the threshold. Bring on the stalkers. I don't care. No, as I say, Eric, my stalkers. Right? Like, if you're going to stalk Eric, here's what you got to do. <laughs> just, 
Just stalk him in a, in a way that encourages him to do Twitch. Like, get him. I was going to say, do not stalk the... him by sitting waiting for his Twitch to start because yeah. it still hasn't. His Twitch need... account is sitting alone in the VIP. Oh. I need oh. I need to get back on mine. I'm off my schedule completely. Oh, honey, I haven't even. Well, other than the Rainbow Spotlight, I can't even tell you the last time I did any kind of Japanese or gaming or anything on Twitch. It's been forever. <laughs> But I miss it. I do. Oh, and, and Brian, you'll be happy to know I beat um I beat Carrion. Oh, so so you now done with that nightmare game. <laughs> yeah, I've I've moved on to Dream Daddy. Everybody vote that watches me oh. voted for Dream Daddy. So there's another game. Dream Daddy's great. We've talked about it. There's another game that's like Robin Hood esque, but it's oh. got nudity and like sex. And yeah. the problem is, as much as I would love to play it. You can't play it on Twitch because of the nudity and the sex. <laughs> so I need the Twitch alternative. It's like oh. the, the, the whatever, so I can do that. I, can... I know, I know exactly. You can. Um, they do live. I think you can do live streaming on OnlyFans. Like, no, oh, no joke. <laughs> totally do it. Like, you can you can stream adult games. I think you're right. I think yeah. that's. Oh God, I have to set up an OnlyFans. Yeah, there's there's a, a friend of mine. A friend of mine was just like, I want to do a Twitch, but like. I just kind of, I, he's like, I don't wear clothes when I game. So like, what do I do? And I was like, OnlyFans does like, I has, I think it does streaming. You can should totally do that. And he's like, that's so funny. Are you serious? And I was like, yeah, do it. There's an audience for it somewhere. Oh, if, sure if your is. friend isn't standing up and doesn't have female presenting nipples, then <laughs> they'd be fine because yeah. you can't, you can't, I don't think you, you can't take your clothes off during yeah. a stream. Like it can be flagged for stripping, if you even just remove your like your shirt while you're you're on mm-hmm. your stream, and you can't have um, uh, lower body genitalia showing, and you can't have female presenting nipples. I, I'm sure that, I don't think they have it phrased as that, but I felt like ever since Tumblr um, gave us female presenting nipples, that it just... female presenting nipples. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's just a gift that keeps on giving when referencing, you know. Well, well, I know. Right. I I think he I think he chatterbaits a lot, so I'm pretty sure he wants he wants people to see all of him. So I told sure. him just just do it on OnlyFans. Oh God, do I know this person? Uh, maybe. Oh, I don't we'll think ta- we'll talk after. It's okay. Yeah. Too vague. Say. <laughs> <laughs> Give out their chatterbait handle. Oh no, sorry. All right. So y'all have heard the voices. Brian is here. Hi. Thank you. In soundboard form and in person. <laughs> BJ is here. Hi. And so is Eric. Howdy. I think that we had an episode recently. I think it was. I think it was you, me. Uh, uh, it was me, BJ, and Eric. Uh, and I think we got into something like this where we were just chatting, chatting, and I never introduced everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I, and I think I think we were on the one ups, and I was just like, he didn't introduce us. Oh well. <laughs> I realized it in in post as I was editing, and I was like, oh well. How will they know? <laughs> so we are here. It is a microsode. We have a topic for you, one that uh, that we have talked about briefly on a roundup episode. It was BJ's topic. And um, as with WandaVision, BJ brought it up on the initial show. And now we are sitting here to do a full roundup uh, microsode about it. 
minus Oral because Oral didn't care about this one as much as WandaVision. And our fans, especially <laughs> our longtime fans, would have um, strung us up by our balls. Some of us might be into that. Uh, if Oral was not part of the WandaVision episode. So we are here to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is now with that final title card, spoiler alert, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Sadly, even though Bucky grew and um, has hopefully now gone through his therapy, court mandated therapy uh, is still technically the Winter Soldier. He doesn't get to be the White Wolf. So poor Bucky Barnes. And I wouldn't have realized that. I wouldn't have put that connection until uh, I watched uh, Ryan George's pitch meeting for Screen Rant. The Falcon of the Winter Soldier. And he was like, so wasn't his arc to not be the Winter Soldier anymore? Why wouldn't his name change on that final credit? <laughs> womp, womp, womp. But Fal- the, Fal- the Falcon. I always wanted to say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not used to calling him <laughs> The Falcon. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, America- he's not He's not the Falcon anymore, so you don't well, have to worry about is, it. This is true. This is true. Although <laughs> Red Wing is still there, which I love. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is an American television miniseries created by Malcolm Spellman for the streaming service Disney+. Plus. It's based on the Marvel Comics character Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier. Set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. The events of the series take place after the film Avengers Endgame in 2019, and the series was produced by Marvel Studios, with Spellman serving as head writer and Carrie Scogland directing. I wanted to feel... I, I feel very inadequate when we start talking about things now that I've listened to Gayest Episode Ever, because uh, <laughs> Drew seems to go into so much detail to like describe the shows. Sometimes I feel like too much, but I'm like, we don't do enough. <laughs> so I wanted to read a description about the show. It's a weird balance, because like I've listened to shows where they do this whole plot recap, and it's like, there are people who do listen to these shows because they don't have the time and they still want to mm-hmm. keep up. Yeah. Or they don't have Disney Plus, but they want to keep up. So they want to know like what happened. But it's like, I don't want to know what happened. I watched the fucking show. So tell me <laughs> what you think of it, because that's why I'm here. So it's a weird balance to try to well, keep both uh, sets. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I do that. So I do that with some video games and Wikipedia. Um, I will totally go to just go to Wikipedia and read the entire plot. Like Resident Evil Village just came out and I straight up. Went, oh, is that a Resident Evil game? I wondered yeah. what Village was. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this game? It's, 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 it's Resident Evil 8. eight. Yeah. Aha. So the V-I-I-I Got is it. the V-I and then part of the L's. Roman but, uh, numerals. <laughs> but I um but no, I sh- like when I when I get that way where I'm like I know I want to play this but I really don't have time and it's going to be it's going to be when it's in the bargain bin like 10 years from now where I actually decide to pick it up just like I did with Resident Evil 7. Um it was like a free game on PlayStation Network, but I literally already knew the plot. I just didn't know any of the mechanics or anything like how the plot got there. So I was like, "You know what? I'm going to just look this up on Wikipedia so I can keep up with the story." And then I'll come back to it when I can come back to it to see all the action and fun. So that's probably why people are, you know, will listen to the the bits, the podcasts and whatnot that are like, so previously on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And like, I, I, um, I was listening to my, uh, to our friends, uh, media meltdown. They have a, a, 
uh, a, a live stream. They may turn to a podcast called Cannon Fodder, which if you're interested, go to Media Meltdown on Twitch. Uh, it's every other Thursday or something now. Um, but yeah, uh, Piranha, who hosts it, like she does this thing where it's like this fine line and she sort of like goes through and sort of narrates what happens for a bit. And then the chat will respond and and, and like it kind of works. So I don't know. I just find it unnecessary. But again, for me, not for other people who want to know. So, so yes, the plot of this show, if yeah, you've been so, in a closet. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I figured, I figured give a little bit of background and give some props to, um, give some props to uh, Malcolm Spellman for adapting the show and bringing it to Disney uh. plus because, um, it is a very is a very focused from the Falcon perspective of this show. It's a very focused look at that world in what are they twenty twenty three? I think is where the five year jump landed them. So I think it was twenty eighteen and the five year five years later in Endgame. Yeah. So the, it brought the blip. them to, yeah after the blip uh, or the snapture. Honestly, Glenn Weldon's coining of the term snapture. That's great. Is my favorite description of it. I hate the blip, but yeah, you know. <laughs> Snapture is pretty great. Snapture is amazing. So um, in 2023, but I mean, that's two years ahead of where we are. And with a focus on what 2020 brought us and really that kind of um, taking a deeper look at racism in America and the world and really kind of the struggles of uh, the black community and for it to be a person of color, bringing this type of show to a platform to Disney to a platform like Disney plus to something as large and such a part of the cultural zeitgeist as, as the MCU, that's huge. And to have Anthony Mackie as Falcon be the first name in this to be that head of, you know, like that central character it really is a huge thing and it's definitely something that should be called out. So I wanted to at least give a little, a little, uh, a little shout out to it and, and give a little, here's what this show is before we dive into uh, what we thought about the episodes. So they, um, they also had an all uh, black writer's room, if I'm not mistaken, um, yep. as, as a thing for the show. And as much as it does a fantastic job of sort of addressing some of the historical wrongs uh, of, of, of black people in America, uh, specifically with the the uh, Super Soldier program we'll talk about. Uh, what I also really thought was nice is the sort of side effect of the, the snapshot. I don't want to say blip. Uh, because <laughs> the weird world dynamics of a, of a world sort of in crisis from this return of all these people unexpectedly, uh-huh. it's not all amazing because, you know, like let's say this house next to me, everybody leaves. For five years, after a certain point, someone's going to say, all right, well, I guess that house is now up for grabs. And so you have this reallocation of, of resources. And over the last year, unfortunately, in some many cases, unfortunately, we have seen that same kind of crisis and reallocation of resources mm-hmm. as certain people are able to get very wealthy during the pandemic and others are basically destitute and in poverty because of the pandemic and not being able to work safely. So like what was really interesting is about that post snapshot world and like the uh uh wanda and uh vision wanda vision explored it a little bit personally in like one episode right briefly but this series really dug its teeth into this world and like really like 
brought it home to the world we're in, which was really impressive. It's it, it was one of those things where we've been getting since Spider-Man Home, uh, not Homecoming, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. We've been getting glimpses like into the this post snap world and everything. And like uh, you, you even get an account from Aunt May. Aunt May said she reformed in her home and like the woman who like there. somebody yeah. else lived there. And the woman who lived there thought that she was a mistress and she's just like, what's going on. And it was just this whole idea of just how chaotic and you got to see how chaotic that was in like a hospital setting. You got a, you literally got a, a snap from a snapshot from Peter's high school where like half the band disappeared and then they, and then students in the bleachers disappeared and then they reappeared in the middle of a basketball game. Like, well, just, and so the, to that point, it's kind of been a progressively darker look at the post-snap reality. Yeah. Far from home, it was very much played for comic effect in that gym scene where it's like, all of a sudden everybody's reappearing in the middle of a basketball game. Like, oh, this is crazy. Uh-huh. Even or even, is, you yeah. know, like it's it's all kind of played very light. Monica reforming in the hospital, like I said, when watching that scene that was everything i wanted to see because it was chaos magic wanda um but it was <laughs> everything like that you expected it to be pure pandemonium people reforming and just like what's going on what like all the craziness of it and then falcon and winter soldier took it that next step of like really showing the long-term implications so as we've seen in these properties basically one after the other because yet far from home being the end of phase three wandavision Mm -hmm. now being the first thing that's come out for phase four even though it technically wasn't supposed to be but what we've gotten it was the first thing and then falcon and the winter soldier being the next so these three properties in a row have gone from a light-hearted like oh that's yeah that'd be pretty funny that everybody just kind of appeared in the middle of a basketball game too holy shit, this really has a an extreme impact on people's psyche, people's um, just their their ability to take care of themselves, you know? And we'll talk about like with Sam, with, he had no income for five years. It's because he didn't exist, you know? Like there yeah. are these things that it, it, it went, it really took and narrowed that focus down from a wide, funny, haha, this is kind of just a wacky thing to the intense implications for individuals and the globe overall. And and I've I've been I know I mentioned it in WandaVision where we got to see it kind of on a smaller scale, just with like the the town that Wanda had had taken over, but now uh, especially when you get into when you kind of get into if you pay really close attention to Baron, what Baron Zemo says, um, kind of how the government uh, treats things, you've got this powder keg of emotion. Uh, you you got Sa- Sam called Thanos a god, like he like he views that Thanos as a god, not just like a super strong alien with like an like a dangerous artifact. He views him as a god, so. I've mentioned this a couple of times. Like I even did a TikTok a, a video about it. Um, like you've got this sort of post-traumatic syndrome kind of festering everywhere with everybody, and everybody's not just looking for like the next hero to kind of galvanize everybody. They're looking for the next thing to blame. 
So what's about to happen when superpowered people start popping up everywhere? Like they uh, they're really like it is it is the perfect powder keg for like this whole mutant issue that's about the issue that's about to pop up. Um, and I'm really interested to see like uh, who they get to kind of write for that and everything because the, it's it's being set up it's being set up but it's not being set up in the way people were hoping it was being set up in a way kind of like Nick Fury popping up at the end of Iron Man but it's being set up in a way where it's it's a much more political and uh, civil rights issue that they're they're really laying the groundwork for and I don't know if they're doing that on purpose or if that's just something that that can be taking advantage of later on down the line. And I'm super excited to kind of see um, where everything goes post uh, post uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Well, you know that Feige and team do not do things um, willy nilly and they don't do yeah. it without a plan. So with them knowing that this, this deal was in the works and pretty much knowing that this was going to happen, especially with these newer properties, uh, this, these phase four properties, the that groundwork that you're seeing definitely mm. is intentional and that's been at the core of the x-men from the inception has been very much a a civil rights um allegory so yeah to see that kind of stuff being set up is fantastic because i want to see the x-men done right i don't need to just see like wolverine you know pop up and and just slashing things like i want to see these characters really paid attention to because that's Yes, was I there in 2000 when X-Men came out and you know watching in the theaters? Yes. Did I sit there even at a younger age in my in my young 20s, my my late teens going <laughs> into my 20s, um sitting there saying, "Hey, I don't really like how they're doing these characters, but am I an X-Men fan? Am am I going to watch this?" Yes. So I'm excited to see them actually really do these characters justice. Yeah. And and the the biggest thing is the fact that you have Wanda who she she knows she can't really make amends with those people. She's not even really she's like I literally made these people live a nightmare. She just looked at Monica and said, "I'm sorry" and just kind of flew off. But did she even have, say I'm sorry? <laughs> she did. She did to oh, to, okay. to Monica. Right. <laughs> she said she yeah. There was a little diatribe where she's just like and Monica understood because Monica's just like You've got really weird shit going on and trauma. So yeah, I get They'll that. You'll never know what you sacrifice for them, Wanda. <laughs> exactly. But but here you have Sam who's human. He's human. He's he's literally he's got barely any armor on other than his wings. I mean, he's got, he's got that new he's got that new to Wakanda shit. He's on that Wakanda shit. So, like, but <laughs> but at the same time, he's not T'Challa. He's not he's not Steve. He's not he's he's not he's one of the very few human members of the Avengers. And he and everybody like you know everybody's cheering him on everybody's like that's captain america like awesome and the two people who have the super soldier serum are backing him up so and that's my thing is he is a human hero and he's being revered for all this stuff and he's fighting for people and he just he filmed that a whole there was a whole speech he did on television now it's going to be very 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 interesting how's How's the Avengers and how is the new Captain America going to take a stand for people with abilities? 
So, and that's kind of where we kind of get that underlying thing with Zemo in the show. But I'll, we can we can we can debate all day. But <laughs> and we will note that now that Falcon Anthony Mackie is uh, Captain America, they have announced there will be a fourth Captain America film, and it will be co-written uh, by Malcolm Spellman. So he is continuing on his writing for um, for Sam as Captain America in the next movie. So that's fantastic. All right. So I don't think we need to break down every episode one by one. We don't need to be here all day to talk about every episode. It's only a six episode series, which was nice. It was a little more compact than WandaVision. Uh, although WandaVision left me wanting more and more every week. <laughs> but uh, we do see... Bucky, we do see Sam. We get the return of Sharon Carter. We get the uh, return of Baron Zemo. Um, and we get the introduction of Carly Morgenthau. Is it Morgenthau or Morgenthau? I think they say Morgan- it both ways in the show. Uh, I think it's Morgenthau. Okay. Because uh, I know I said Morgenthau when we did that, when we talked about this the last time, but I think somebody said Morgenthau in the show. And I was like, oh, did I say it wrong? And then somebody else says Morgenthau. And I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> I like to be good with the names, you know, it's it's how I do. But um, it, it introduces the concept of basically the UN, what is it, the GNC, I think is the uh, the, the name that they give it in the show. As uh, G- GRC, uh, GR- Global, Rec- Global Reclamation um, Council. Council, yeah. So basically it's it's a United Nations of sort, sorts. Um, that is basically trying to decide on how to kind of redistribute the world <laughs> in certain respects, uh, new borders, and it uh, goes into a lot with refugees and having to resettle people and plays into a lot of real world current topics like immigration and um, refugees and resettlement and reparations and all of that. So global repatriation council, repatriation. You're really close. <laughs> but what is cool. And if you don't know, um, if you just, you know, topics of the world doesn't really interest you, this is actually not far fetched. There are entities and the United nations is definitely part of this that in, um, Israel after world war two, and the fall of the Ottoman Empire, they took old-timey biblical Israel and took it away from the people who lived there to give it to the Jews to have their homeland back. back. So, so you know, when you're watching this and you're like, oh, that's kind of sci-fi, that would never happen. It absolutely happened. And it's Which not just the, then. That's the current... Um... Israeli-Palestine conflict because exactly the Palestinians and, and so, have been, had their had land taken away from them. That was quote unquote the Israelis, and has been a long-standing feud for many many years. So so like you know again you know seeing a a multinational entity come up and decide oh this land whether it's right or wrong I'm not I'm not weighing in on the debate of that but like. That, that this is far-fetched ideas is not it's it's actually rooted in history and is happening like all the time in smaller scales you know mm-hmm. as china pushes out and and sort of you know demonizes the uyghur uh ethnic group in china they're taking their land and re uh, appropriating it to to han chinese like so i mean this is like 
not far-fetched is is kind of the, the point i'm making so you know just it's, going around uh, saying this land is your land this <laughs> land is my land <laughs> thank you That's, i was singing it in my head eric so thank you for saying it <laughs> Who knew we had a musical number based on this uh, <laughs> horrible socio-political mess? Yeah. Um, anyway, but it's really interesting to see this. And what I love is that they have taken this real historical and real thing and spun it into this thing that works well in this fictional universe and allows a character like Flag Smasher, which we should talk about the roots of Flag Smasher. Oh, yeah, yeah. some ridiculousness in the comics we need to mention. But to give... The Flag Smasher character, this villain, has popped up time and time again in Marvel Comics all the way back to, like, Captain America. So it's an old Captain America villain. But give it, like, new life and new purpose and not make it a mustache twisting villain, but actually, like, what Marvel does really well, a person who they don't think they're a villain. They think they're a freedom fighter. They think they're trying to save their people. They're doing the thing to them that is the most good they can do it gives them that meaning. So, I mean, it's at the very least, even if the other things about the show weren't maybe everyone's cup of tea, it's impressive. It's, it's always impressive to see how Marvel does this with these villains. Uh, so I was, I was blown away. Uh, but let's can we talk about flag smasher for a second before I oh, move yeah. on? Oh, 100%. I, just, I want you to know, cause I don't know if any of you have read the wiki and I will tell you, Oh yeah. I, I, I have not read these issues. I'm not a Captain America like fan in that sense. I bought issues, but I never really was that into it up until like maybe that Brubaker era where you got Bucky Cap and then the uh, Sam Wilson era, which I, man, I sold my comic collection about a year ago. Oh, I really wish I hadn't. Comics have gone up so much because of the pandemic and 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 then that I had the first appearance. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. I, I try not to worry about that and lose sleep. But uh, Carl Morgenthau, Morgenthau, whatever, uh, son of a wealthy Swiss banker turned diplomat and burn at Switzerland. Who cares? Uh, did this whole thing where he used terrorism to spread anti-nationalist sentiment, conducting a one-man terror campaign in New York City against nationalist symbols, holding hundreds as hostage until Captain America captured him. Sound familiar? Uh, establishing a society called Ultimatum. Now, ultimatum is a as an acronym, and you're going to love this acronym, right? <laughs> ultimatum stands for the Underground Liberated Totally Integrated Mobile Army to Unite Mankind. Having had to write acronym, acronyms, acronyms, acronyms for my job many times, I'm going to tell you right now that this is one of the most horrible and impressive acronyms i've ever seen and it's a comic book trope this happened a lot in the 60s and kirby's done it and uh stanley did I mean, all of the 60s 70s they they did this like all the time but i, I mean, love that shield. it's so dumb like it's, it's they threw words together to make the acronym totally, <laughs> totally integrated <laughs> um it sounds but, so teenage mutant ninja turtles and i fucking love it he did totally um, integrated dude he did um at some points reluctantly team with captain America and in the comics, this was Steve captain America, not, you know, Sam or, or Bucky or anybody else. However, uh, John Walker did, uh, get involved in this whole thing. Uh, I believe as us agent, though it doesn't say here. Um, and so there was lots of stuff going on with these characters that actually happened in the comics. In addition, the Sam Wilson taking on the role happened 
and there was a lot of blowback and pushback and, and all this other stuff different the way that it was played played out in the series, but rooted in moments from the, from the show. What I think they did the most work with and, and sort of transformed from the comics was the uh, Bucky story because Bucky has had a completely different trajectory, not completely different, but, but has definitely done a different path and done different things than they, they, they invented for the show. And I think to the better, because I feel like they really gave his character a nice arc to sort of work through all the shit that he had done as the Winter Soldier. The problem being now, though, what the hell is he? You know, could he have gotten his own new outfit and costume and identity? I mean, what? maybe, yes, that would have been cool. He's but, the White um, Wolf. And they actually well, they could have the White Wolf in this. They should have leaned in on that more, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, and that's I, the only thing that I, I love that the Sam story was had a lot of elements pulled from the comics the only thing that i'm slightly and i understand why they did it but they kind of did it in reverse the show starts with basically the the speech the mentality that was what ended his run as captain america when he had basically a crisis of conscience of Whose shield is this? Is this, you know, am I, I'm trying to live up to being somebody else. And then deciding that he doesn't want to live in someone's shadow and wants to be who he is, be the best version of himself. And when that's when he went back to being Falcon. So it was weird knowing, being a comic reader and knowing that story and really appreciating that moment in comic writing as how it was, how it marked the end of his running as Captain America. So to see it be his decision to not be Captain America and then eventually get to the end of the six episode arc and him take on the mantle, like it was a little, a little odd, a little, I don't want to say jarring, but knowing that that's where it ended, it was weird to see it be kind of like the, the jumping off point for it all. But otherwise I, I, I did appreciate the fact that they pulled so many elements of his run as Captain America from the comics into this and wove it in in such a way that it it worked really well. And we all knew he was going to be Cap, but it was still rewarding when he finally decided to take up the shield and be Captain America. And then to see him in a comic accurate costume was fantastic. So absolutely fantastic. So there's actually a neat little detail. So there's tons of little, like neat little details all through the show and everything. But his costume, the so the star, like the center of his costume is similar to Cap's, but Cap's had three lines on it, and Sam's has two. And apparently there there is something in mil- in the military where um, if you're missing a member of your squad, there's either like a less there's one less star or there's one less stripe. Um, I'm not sure when, which one of the patches, but there's one less stripe on his suit to signify uh, that Cap's not there. And they also did this with the whole thing where he's running and and constantly leaves a spot on his left um, for, for Cap to pass him, uh, but he's just not there. But then th- during his montage... Um, they just kind of showed this this blank spot. He just con- he's constantly shifting to his right to leave room for him, and I thought that was kind of neat. And then Brian, you'd mentioned Bucky. What's funny is Bucky's a combination of two different characters. Um, 
the MCU Bucky. Uh, there's there's uh, there's Steve's best friend he had growing up, who uh, he goes back and sees uh, once he's thawed out and he's a little he's an old man and he was Jewish and he was it turns out he was gay. Um, but then you have Winter Soldier, um, which I think his name was actually Bucky. I can't remember Steve's like sidekick slash friend when he was a soldier. But the Bucky's an actually actually an amalgam of two. Uh, Bucky in the MCU is actually an amalgam of two characters, and there is there's been a little bit of chatter about whether or not that's kind of if that's like queer erasure or if they plan on kind of coding Bucky as like a queer character because um, he's very not much of a the the clips we see of Bucky when he's younger. He's like, you know, two girls on every arm, very embellished about like, you know, making sure Steve is there when he when they go on when they go on group dates and everything. But then now that he's, you know, post-traumatic Bucky um, and everything, he's not like kind of like Steve. He's very not kind of there for personal relationships. Um, but Steve was always hung up on Peggy, whereas Bucky's just more trying to just kind of reclaim himself. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they kind of play out uh, that character, but uh, but no, I I uh, I really really like all the detail, the little bits and pieces of the the suit, especially um, Sam's Captain America suit uh, that yeah. they put in there. And I think there was a uh, I think it was a in the first episode because I think I saw I saw an article after we talked about it the first time after the first episode had dropped, and I, in the museum. Yeah. The Smithsonian or Smithsonian equivalent, whatever they—I don't remember if we decided yeah. that they called it that. Uh, it was yeah, we, it was the it was the Smithsonian at the Smithsonian exhibit. There is a shot of Sam and Steve's picture is on the wall to his left. So yeah, so it is. It, it was definitely a theme where you know uh, the the whole on your left from Winter Captain America Winter Soldier all the way through. Endgame, where Sam finally got to say it to, <laughs> to Cap when he was coming through, you know, the whole on your left, uh, the portals open and goosebumps and tears start flowing uh, for me. And then to see it kind of referenced <laughs> again throughout the show is was, was a nice nod and a nice homage to their friendship where people are like, oh, they only knew each other for, you know, this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. But when you go through all of these things with people, that it, it ties you together very quickly. So to see their friendship really grow and be that bond was, was a delightful treat to see throughout um, their films and, and this television series. I was trying to read up on that whole Bucky hybrid character thing. And I, I don't know the first part you're talking about, but uh, yeah, uh, James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, Jr., is the original Bucky and yeah, that yeah. he is the winter soldier for sure. But then there was a replacement Bucky and a replacement cap. And uh, the repa- replacement Bucky was named Jack Monroe. Um, I think that's who. Yeah. So yeah, the whole he's, queer. Th- I think he's, it's not like Jack flash. I think he becomes something else because he, I, he becomes I, nomad eventually. Yeah. Oh, After cap had been nomad. I was going to say, nomad. Like, yeah. was there's nomad. a lot. Nomad's been used, yeah. yeah. There's I, a big history of of like moving moving titles around in Captain America and everything. I only say that because 
remember oh god what was the name it wasn't axis what was the where did caps where was the hail hydra moment from like 2015 whatever the start of that run was the people the secret empire it was the start of secret empire yeah yeah so secret empire hadn't started but it was like that run up to it in that that cap uh run the person he kicked out of the plane and killed who eventually turns out didn't actually die i think that's the same guy so i think he eventually came back it was it was this whole thing because he was supposed to kill eric sulvig who was in the plane like that whole part of it. I think that same character eventually did come back and was part of that secret empire um, run or lead up to it at least. Yeah. And then there, there was also a thing about uh, a second a Bucky named Fred Davis that, and it was established that he and Bucky Barnes had met and befriended each other before the end of world war two. So, so basically what we're saying is there's been a lot of Bucky's. Yeah. But James Bucky Barnes is the original and winter soldier. And so, yeah, the, so I want to talk about the queer, the queer storyline, queer idea, all that stuff. And, and listen, I am not against headcanon in any shape, way, shape or form. If you feel like James Bucky Barnes has, you know, uh, uh, speaks to you as, as someone who is queer uh, and, and you see that in him, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not going to say y- you're wrong. However, I am going to like say there's nothing in the text that is overtly I believe, pointing to that, but Pat might disagree. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, 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 definitely oh, okay. not. Although um, one of the big things was the whole um, tiger photos that Bucky references in the first episode <laughs> and how it it was a reach around to... Um, <laughs> It's the gayest episode ever. Yeah, thing. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not dropping race chaser <laughs> allegories, it's going to be now best episode or not best episode, gayest episode ever uh, allegories. They, um, there, a lot of men on like Tinder would put like these like, like cat pictures or tiger pictures or like this was a, a tiger pictures. Yeah. Was, this was a fad or a trend on Tinder. And I think it was essentially like, I don't know if it was straight guys or, or it was gay men that were doing it, but whatever it was, it was like this this stretch and this reach to equate that line to Bucky at least being in some way, shape, or form bisexual or pansexual. But uh, so I'm looking at an article from Uproxx. Captain America may never have ne- 
Captain America may never have a boyfriend, but he's long had a gay best friend. This is a horribly written headline of the title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently there was a comic character named Arnie Roth, who is, I think, who you're referencing, BJ. Yeah. Uh, a neighborhood friend of a young pre-Captain America Steve Rogers, Arnie Roth normally stood up for the scrawny Steve Rogers when he was bullied by the neighborhood Brooklyn Tufts. So I think that this is the... Um, think that's the character who ended up being homosexual oh so so what they're saying is because in that first captain america uh whatever first avenger whatever it was because bucky sort of filled that role in that movie yeah. that's where they're conflating this character i mean listen i am all about anyone making these these interesting well, leaps of he's, whatever he, it's not it's not conflating the character it's that they they took they took some of what that character yeah. did and just kind of, and then just kind of switched Bucky out with him but, or but they what, just gave him characteristics. Of I character. stop short. And this is just my thing. I'm not shaming or saying anyone else shouldn't. I do not then draw the conclusion that that conveyed the, the gay into Bucky. I would love nothing more <laughs> than Marvel to get with the program and have more queer representation. I mean, this I... is a not, Yes. I would like to convey the gay into Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I would do that if he was dressed up as Luke Skywalker, because that's the other you know thing people want to make happen, right? I mean, um, but no. I mean, if y'all saw Sebastian Stan's Instagram post in the trench coat where he was like down, like in the middle of the street, and he had nothing on under the trench coat and lifted it up, and you saw his bare ass. Whoa! I haven't seen that one. Wow! Delightful. I would like to convey um, the gay into Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes. When I went back and watched, uh, I think what did I watch? The end of uh, uh, Endgame. Just it was on TNT, and I was stuck in a hotel with just basic cable. Whatever. Uh, I really, really think he looks so much better with short hair compared to the 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 little mid whatever haircut he had. And it is just night and day for me. Like, you know, that was just never even a thing I considered attractive you know, in that, in that look with that hair as I, as I have my own head of long hair now. Uh, but the short hair in, in this new series uh, was, yeah, this is a good look. I also love is totally off this. I, I love the, uh, the relationship he had with the old Japanese man uh, because that is such emotionally dense, complicated. Ooh, yeah. And 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 the fact that they didn't really give it a happy ending, like that's there's a lot of things these days where you you really go, wow, we've moved along so far from like the happy ending with a bow on it, and everyone has a great you know whatever to like the complicated realities of life where you don't get that, yeah, you don't get that moment. And if you tell somebody, by the way, I murdered your son, even if you're the best of besties, guess what? <laughs> You're not going to go back to yeah. that role, that relationship. It's not going to happen. So I just wish they would like have that. given us more of it instead of kind of pulling away from it because it seemed like it was going to be such a thing in that first episode. It was so played into, like it was so, and it was phenomenal. And then they forgot about it for yeah. the remainder of the majority of the next five episodes until this two minute scene where he finally admits it and then like the camera pans out of the apartment and then we move on. And it just felt like 
it um, it felt a little bit like we were cheated out of like there being a full catharsis for it. I liked the, that they actually did go back to it and he did admit it because it's his journey. It's not necessarily ours. Like as a character, that was his journey and we got to at least see him make that decision. But like, I, I feel like a little bit more might have been might have been nice. Well, that was that was kind of that was the that was kind of the catalyst that made him kind of go one go scream at Sam because he had something else he could concentrate on and and voicing his his disappointment in Sam and and what the how much the shield actually meant to him. And I liked the where it came full circle was when Sam told him was just like, "Do you want some tough love right now?" He's like, "You're not looking for." forgiveness he's like you're trying to make yourself feel better and that was the that was the big thing is he like him him helping out the old guy or taking him to lunch and stuff like that that wasn't that was for sam that wasn't for and he knew exactly what he needed to do to tell to tell the older older guy you know to to, because because he realized he he'd been suffering since his son had died like he, he all he could do was wander and guess, and he'd been doing that for year for decades. Yeah, he had no closure. He needed. He had, he had no closure, and even if it cost Sam that relationship, but Bucky. Sam didn't want to do it, or Buck, Bucky didn't want to yeah. do it. Bucky Bucky was I. Bucky was so was so wonderfully written in this show because he, you everything everything from him sleeping on the floor, um, to Sam actually trying to counsel him to to how he how he kind of how he's gotten his pardon through the government like everything with Bucky was very very well done actually everything with most of the characters was very very well done but uh but yeah no that whole that whole scene where Sam just tells him do the work he's like that's the only way you're gonna feel better that's the only way things are gonna change for you for the better is if you do the work and I I love that so I want to pivot into a character that Eric had brought up when we first talked about this. And I had brought up the, I'd asked you guys the question of what do you want to see in the series? And Eric had mentioned a character who at that point we hadn't officially been introduced to, even in even having, I don't think it was even mentioned. It might've been a, a little bit of a foreshadowing Easter egg in the credits on the first one. But the character of the power broker was the one that Eric had brought up. So, Eric, since you got your wish, and the power broker definitely <laughs> was a big part of this series, how did you feel about the way that they played it out? The um, the sneaky reveal that was telegraphed quite a bit out, but uh, <laughs> as to who the power broker actually was. But what were your thoughts on uh, on power broker and and, and that storyline? Well, spoiler alert, Power Broker is Sharon Carter. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I don't mind Sharon Carter being the Power Broker. I did not like the way they wrote her arc in this show. And then I like Sharon Carter. I like the actress who played Sharon Carter. I don't think... The last three episodes, I knew she was the power broker before they revealed oh, that yeah. she was the power broker. There, there was there was no mystery there. There, it was so obvious, and 
I don't know if they're setting her up to possibly be a scroll and it's secret invasion. I don't know if she is more going to be the catalyst for armor wars because she's going to be selling the armor secrets uh, to everybody. Yeah. But she's going to be the catalyst for one of those two shows. But I still feel it was so heavy-handed the way that they put it in our face that she's the power broker. Um, so It was I, dumb. I it hated was... it. I hated it so much. I hated it, and the only thing that will redeem it for me is if she is a scroll. And here's why: you're taking the daughter of Sharon Carter, right? No, Peggy Grand, Carter, grandniece. Grand, grandniece. Yeah, that's right. Grandniece. I think they're they're not. You're right, but they're yeah. close enough. Whatever. Aunts and nephews are very similar, or an uncle's nephew, whatever. That happens <laughs> anyway. Uh, and you're you're turning into this this megalo- like not megalomaniacal, but certainly more mustache twirling or tw- uh, whatever than than I think uh, like. Zemo, like when when Baron Zemo is a more sympathetic villain than than Sharon Carter, who is like such a huge part as as a strong woman Marvel character without superpowers, who is a huge huge part of Steve Rogers' life and and the, and the Avengers and all of these things, and you take that strong amazing protagonist and you make her the dumbest like oh I'm mad because they kicked me out of America and I'm gonna stick it i'm gonna make money like i it was so dumb i was really just see i don't i don't think it's that at all like she she like it's not a matter of the fact that she's mad because they kicked her out of america she was fucking abandoned by everyone sam sam was kicked out of america essentially steve was kicked out of america but they still had each other they still had a team they still had a mission she was literally dumped in like the worst fucking place i love i love the use of madripoor but she was dumped in the worst fucking place ever and she honestly the the main issue is that Eric's right is she didn't have a character arc. So it, it was, she was the only one that didn't have a character arc. So it, it was super obvious. Her that- look petty. And I don't accept that Sharon Carter is that petty. See, but in, you're, in falling, years, you're falling, you're falling into the, yeah, that's the thing. It's been five years and you're falling into the trap that Baron Zemo set right there. You, when you worship people like you're worshiping Peggy Carter, you over, you sure. overlook their flaws. And the thing is, she's not she's not a super soldier. She's she's a, a her family has served the American government forever. So what's she supposed to do? She's either a gotta be like she's gotta be like Sam and Captain America were, or B, she gotta eat. I'm okay she's with gotta her look being, out for herself. I'm okay with her being complicated, and I'm okay with her being bitter. So I think the character that we meet early on at, that is Sharon, I, I buy that. That's fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It's that she has become the power broker and and now she kills this person in cold blood because she is the power broker. That's where I go, nope, don't buy it. You're shitting on a great character who's a strong woman in the Marvel Universe. Don't like it. No. But but, did but she she's did- a scroll. I'm fine. <laughs> but did she do that? But that's the thing is, did she, cause she did help Sam. Like, here's the thing. Everything she did helped herself. Yeah. But, every, but everything she did also helped Sam. Right. And so the end, the post credits. So, so again, like, don't, I like the first bit, the killing Carly don't like it, but okay. It, yeah. Like you said, it helps everybody. Fine. The very last scene, which was a stupid, like if you're going to do a post credit scene, 
Don't fucking waste our time. That's a dumb, <laughs> dumb, oh, stupid listen, beat. You you can't say that when they had to sit through an entire set of fucking credits, 10 minutes or whatever long, for Captain America, <laughs> Steve Rogers, to roll up, sit in a chair, and basically tell us, so you waited for this, huh? Or for a fucking that one, giant hand to be playing the drums. At the end of Ant-Man. Like, they have put some ridiculous fucking post-credit scenes out there. Marvel trolling is hilarious when they do that. This was not a troll, though. This was a genuine character beat to a character that they shat on and then didn't even bother to include this part in the main story and decided it would be, be better in a post-credits thing. It, which I'm like, if it leads to Armor Wars or Secret Invasion... It's a huge post-credit scene because yes. it can it will then set up a future property, which it most likely is. If it wasn't Sharon Carter, I'd be a little less pissed off. But I love Sharon <laughs> Carter. I don't worship Sharon Carter, but I think she's an amazing, <laughs> strong female protagonist and a lot of sausages in that in that Marvel MCU. And you've turned her into this villain. And some people probably are like, no, that's awesome. We don't want just strong women uh, protagonists. We want strong women villains. We want complicated characters. But, fine, fine, fine. Just don't do it to Sharon this, Carter. This series also gave us a strong female villain in Julia Louis-Dreyfus coming in See, and chewing the scenery <laughs> the scene here's the madam thing fucking hydra madam fucking hydra how much do you know about the contessa because she is not just a villain she's been I, everything I she's she's been everything to everybody right. so i am all about the contessa being there I want to see her and Nick Fury go toe to toe, even if it's Sam Jackson's Nick Fury, it's a little different, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, I really am excited that she did that character. I love the whole secrecy thing. Did you know, I just read this today. She was supposed to premiere, not in this property, but in a no. different property that got delayed in black widow. Black widow. Yeah. So yeah. that was cool. And I mean, like, you know, it still well, works be- but. because her, because her, her character has ties to the red room as well. She's a triple agent in the comics. Totally. So- yep. Yep. So it's it's interesting, but like I I I'm very because here's the thing is Sam Sam is playing a very dangerous game, and he doesn't know he's playing a very dangerous game because the moment if he if the wrong person finds out Isaiah Bradley is alive, Sharon's making that phone call. His ass is grass. He's done. Like. He, the only reason he is still alive right now is because they he he's he's been disavowed and everybody thinks he's dead. But if he was still alive, you can bet either Sharon or everybody under the sun is going to go go to harvest him for his abilities and his blood to get that new uh, super soldier serum off the ground. So I think that would be interesting because especially with um, his grandson being there. So we've, we've got Patriot. So we've got, we've almost got all the entire young Avengers team uh, popping up everywhere because I know stature is supposed to make her appearance in um, uh, quantum mania. So um, it'll be very interesting. It'll be interesting if, if she's a scroll, if that that's cool. If she's not, and she's somehow kind of just playing playing the background in um, the fourth Captain America movie, that'll be cool too. Um, I'm super interested. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about the Contessa possibly putting together the Thunderbolts because uh, you've got Zemo in the raft now, which is where uh, he is in the comics when he when he does missions uh, with the Thunderbolts. Um, so and obviously the Contessa has some link to uh, General Ross, 
So I, it, it, it's super interesting, all the parts they have moving at the end. Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the Contessa gave me constant Zimmer in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if you guys remember when she was in there. Yes. Um, Coulson's like pseudo girlfriend before she was killed and she was kind of like opposing force and and just she had her own like you know group that and it just constant zimmer is a phenomenal actor and the way that she portrayed a likable villain with some good tendencies was like the primer for julia louis dreyfus in this role as the contessa and as soon as she was on screen, I ate it the fuck up. It was like Selena Myers on crack. And if you watch Veep, <laughs> fucking everything. <laughs> everything. It was amazing. By the way, our current government kind of make, gives me the feels that Veep has already started in the real world. Um, <laughs> with hopefully a more competent uh, staff running things. But... You know, old white man as the president and a woman of, uh, you know, uh, as the vice president and all this. So it's very interesting to see how television is starting to shape up in real life. Right. Um, but so great side characters. Brian, not happy with uh, Sharon Carter's development. I enjoyed her becoming petty mayonnaise at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was my favorite part where she just like she just chucked her phone. She's like, boom, we out. Um, but I I could appreciate the fact that it, it wasn't just that she was kicked out of America. It was that she was basically labeled a traitor and everybody else was pardoned. And she was just basically tossed aside and and still considered to be nothing, even though her family has given so much for shield and and you know, to protect the, the country. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't see her as a villain either though. I, I don't, I mean, she's doing we'll some shady how, shit, but I don't we'll see, see her. how maybe she's a Marvel yet. villain. She's a Marvel villain. It's complicated. She has real reasons. Like we've talked about for doing what she's doing. She's she like crossed recent, the line. She's a recent MCU villain. She's not phase one, early phase two, oh. where it was just the per- yeah, person okay. with the person with the same powers that just is evil for some reason. We're getting these nuances. Yeah, we're getting these more nuanced takes on villains, which is phenomenal. And we're not killing our villains right away, which lets them come Uh, back for more properties. Hold on, hold on, because here's another sin that this show committed. (laughs) (laughs) Kill one of the best dumb villains. I think he's dumb, but whatever, it's fun. Batroc the Leaper. (laughs) Because I didn't realize that was him. And then she said Batroc, and I was like, Batroc? Wait, what? Yes, <laughs> oh, Batroc yeah. is ridiculous in the best Marvel way, and they actually figured out a way to make it work in the movie and in the in the TV show recently, right? Yeah, and then they kill him, and I'm like, no, Batroc's amazing. He shows up, and it's like, <laughs> holy shit, it's Batroc. We're gonna get some ridiculous uh, parkour, flying squirrel, whatever that is, and <laughs> and kill him. So no, they didn't learn their lesson enough. They I mean, they did. They, they, we got a whole, we got the whole opening scene where he's helicopter hopping. Amazing, amazing. The best, <laughs> the highlight of the series, I think, is the opening. I mean, I like the series overall. I'm not, I am not shitting on this just to shit on this. 
I, yeah, I, I really did like the series. I just had issues. And uh, I think because I enjoyed so much of it, any of these little things that I am passionate about, it's because they bothered me against the rest of it being so good. Um, so yeah, Batrock, uh, if you, if you have never read any of the comics and found Batrock, uh, you, you really should go back and, uh, enjoy, uh, the lipper, the lipper. Every time you see Batrock, I hear Bartok, who is the bat from Anastasia. <laughs> yes. And then I, also think, have the- I, I give her a, a, yeah. And then I, yeah. And then I kick her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, really, really think Batrock uh, is underrated, and and again, it's just a thing. So, so what other? Did you guys have any other problems? Now that we're digging into the things that we didn't like, I know the ending for some it wasn't as the, dynamic or as the, exciting. The pacing of the last episode was off for me. It seemed yeah. like there was too much happening all over the place. Um, and it wasn't super focused on, I think, what they wanted to do. Um, I think the Flag Smasher storyline, I think it was important to tell, but it got really muddled in there, I think. Well, I mean, um, pieces of them were, were tossed everywhere, so, <laughs> I mean... Zemo got, Zemo got his Christmas wish from his butler, so... Oh my god. Does that? That's who that was. I totally yeah, didn't realize yeah. it at first. I totally yeah. didn't think the about it. Did it. The, that's the, oh. The only reason. The only reason Zemo was involved in this whole fucking thing. The only reason was so he could kill super soldiers. Everything about this was so he could kill yeah. off people with superpowers. That's uh, that is one hundred percent. Which what I love. He was there for do. Which I is absolutely great. love. It, I it, love. It, Zemo, Zemo to me, they didn't get enough of him. That's another, I'll, that's my other, other complaint. He didn't get enough Zemo. But if you want more Zemo, especially you want Zemo dancing, there's a YouTube video you can go watch. Um, <laughs> we can put up in the, in the, on the Facebook page. But like Zemo, do you mean do that you, actor are you, was. Are you talking about X the Eliminator from Harvey Roadman, Attorney at Law? Because <laughs> yeah. that's all yeah. I see anytime yeah. that hood comes the out. Birdman. I, I love <laughs> Birdman. The Zemo hood is ridiculous, and it's such a dumb Marvel Comics thing. But I love that you they did it. But I love that I love they, that they did, did it. it. Oh, yeah. Do you remember uh, Fat Albert? I mean, this is a little problematic, yes. probably. Yeah, the, oh, the, the guy with the... Much mouth. mouth. Yeah, yeah mouth. much mouth. Yes. Um, but let me tell you, like, I love the complicated role that Zemo had in the story. And you know, I think we said earlier, maybe off before we started recording, like, we didn't know why he was there. Like, the, his story didn't feel finished. It's not finished because Zemo is huge in the comics as well. And if they're smart, especially after how well received compared to, to uh, Ultron, was Age of Ultron or whatever that one. Yeah. And, and that was waste. He was wasted in that. Totally wasted. But this this is Zemo. This is the Zemo I want. Oh yeah. He he's got a very clear purpose that they've defined, which is different from the comics, but that's fine. But he's got a really just laser focus, and he's got a a, a reason, like a really good reason. They destroyed his homeland. Super soldiers and super powered people destroyed his homeland. And seeing that purity of focus and mission and understanding the motivation, like again, Marvel just oh, nailed yeah. it, and I love and- that, and I want more. And I, 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 if they are setting up some sort of Thunderbolts something movie or so. a series, because he, he, they marked the, in this series, they marketed him as the MCU's Hannibal Lecter. And I yes. love it. Yeah. Like, I agree like with that. he's, he's always got a plan. He's always got an idea. And I love, 
And he's charming. He's very charming. And I love the whole idea where his end game twice now has been to have a hero kill him. Or or to kill himself. That is has been his end game. And the thing is, it's it's T'Challa stopped him, which is great because now because Bucky made him think he was gonna kill him and he was ready. And then Bucky was like, Yeah, just kidding. And the Dormelanger shows up. And I love I love that sort of parallel between Bucky and T'Challa. And I love that whole idea that Zemo's gonna make them regret it. He's all he's every time he the, this is twice now he's pretty much been ready to die for his cause for the things he's done and they are like no I'm not that kind of person no you need to you need to go through the due process and I feel like that's why we're not done is because the heroes is it a mistake is it a mistake to keep him around because I really like the idea that he one he doesn't know that Sharon's the power broker two. I feel like they're going to butt heads at some point. There's going to be a point where she's making people with powers. He's trying to cut that off at the head. And then Sam and Bucky are going to get caught in the middle of that showdown. And I really can't wait to kind of see that kind of happen because it's a powder keg right now. And it's, and it's Zemo. Zemo is just, I, he was, he chewed every scene he was in. Him giving out candy to everybody, like, it, it just, I I honestly can't wait. I can't wait. And you're right, more, more Zemo. So <laughs> more spe- Zemo was needed. Speaking of Zemo, and you mentioned the Dormelage, we have to talk about that scene, uh, because I felt like Zemo during that fight was the uh, gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Yes. And then <laughs> try to run away. And then ran away. And, like, it was phenomenal. So... When the Dormelage find out that um, that Bucky has broken Zemo out, they come to uh, reclaim him and take him back to prison. And the best fight scene, in my opinion, of this entire six-episode arc happens between members of the Dormelage and Bucky and Sam and Johnny Walker. I won't call him John because I just enjoy calling him <laughs> Johnny Walker. Oh, you mean you mean you mean at that moment he knew he fucked up, or ra- rather at that moment Sam and Bucky knew he fucked up. Oh, just that one moment in time when he touched her arm and is like, "Oh, you done fucked up now," and they <laughs> had to show him who the fuck is boss and took him down, and then um, <laughs> took took Bucky's arm and then. Boop, 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 boop. And dislodged Bucky's arm, and it just fell the fuck right off and right onto the ground. That was beautifully done and showed that even though you have extremely well-versed and well-trained fighters and a super soldier, that the Dormelage, where they stand, is where they have jurisdiction, and they showed why that is true. And that was fucking brilliant. (laughs) So I think we've covered most of our topics. Uh, do we want to dive into John Walker, uh, U.S. agent, now that the Contessa has uh, branded him as such? You mean you mean the walking epitome of white privilege? <laughs> he is like it's yeah no he, he is, is he is the walking epitome like that is he is the walking epitome of white privilege. <laughs> he straight up 
murdered somebody and the government's just like, we're taking away your shit, but you're good. Go on ahead. Go, go get out of here, you crazy kid. We're going to take away your toys. You have a, you have a timeout for five minutes. Uh, but now you're using But you did a good, you did a good, so you can have a secret title now. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's consistent with like yeah, the military code of conduct and mm-hmm. the fact that he was in the military and, you know, in the heat of battle, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I'm not, I wasn't like, uh, oh my God, that's all you're getting. This is it. But oh, no. yeah, his reaction was such bullshit. And again, like I love that actor. Um, what's his name? Um, shoot, I was trying to look it up. Um, Wyatt, it's, Russell. Um, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Wyatt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell or Goldie Hawn's son. Oh shit! Is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, I, that totally makes sense now. <laughs> uh, it's those uh, you know mutant genes that he inherited. So, uh, if you have not seen um, Love the Lodge, I think is, is that's the title of the show. It's uh, AMC. It was kind of a didn't do great. It had two seasons. He's great in that as this like sort of burnout kind of crazy character. But there's also a a uh, Black Mirror episode that he is the main character in. Uh, Playtest, I think. And he has to test this like VR experience in a, in a house. He's a great actor. He's really funny and he's got a lot of range. And so I love that he's there. Didn't recognize him at first with just the helmet. And he, oh, yeah. was, he looks different chin. in every picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, but he got better and he got a lot hotter as he grew the beard and, you know, filled in all that. Oh, 100%. Right. Um, but you're right. Totally white privilege. Uh, they they at first I was kind of like eh, I don't love this and then yeah that whole thing but then evolving into U.S. agent who is a protagonist more often than not and finding this like identity that is you know their own or his own and all that like I was I was I was happy the way they landed that they didn't like dig too deep on it because they didn't really like forgive him but they accepted him and he made the heroic choices in the end to sort of yes. earn the redemption so I'm fine with all of that. Uh, but it, you know, I, it was complicated for me to go on that journey at first. Well, and that's the thing is it's also a commentary on how the military, I, it's, it's, um, so there's, there's, t- uh, there's a couple of TikTok artists, uh, pr- uh, people that I listen to and watch. Uh, one is Straw Hat Goofy. He has some really, really, really good commentary on the show. But there's another one, a woman, and I will definitely post, uh, one of her skits up on our, uh, Facebook where she was in the military and she said that John Walker's it's not just a commentary on white privilege. He's also a commentary on how the military establishment treats its veterans. This man obviously had PT like PTSD. And the thing is the, the, the divergence with him and, and Steve is that Steve was at least lucky enough in his second life to meet Sam, who is a counselor for veterans and you even see points in there where Sam is not only using that for Kylie, he's, he's, he's doing it to everybody. He's, he is a licensed therapist and he's like, Hey guys, maybe we just give Kylie some, some space. I'll go talk to her. You don't do something stupid. And we all like, but the thing is, 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 uh, Walker is the perfect example as to why the original creator of the super soldier serum did not want a soldier. He didn't want a good soldier to have the serum. He wanted a good man to have the serum. And so it's funny because you can look at John Walker as kind of somewhat a sympathetic character because he's, he's running on full throttle and he's just being told by his superiors, like, this is what you do. This is your job. 
you get the bad guy. And that's it. He doesn't have any of that rebellion that Steve had. He doesn't. And so it's, it's, he's, he's, I really hope they do kind of dive deeper into, into him a little bit more. Um, especially with whatever properties they have coming down the pipeline. It'll be very interesting to see him, especially if he pops up in Secret Invasion or Armor Wars. It'll be very interesting to see where he goes from here. But I did like, I definitely agree with you. I like how they stuck the landing with his character. For sure. So I think uh, I think now we have touched on everything on the six episodes that have premiered on Disney+. Plus. I got one more. I got one more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> listen. All right. This is, this is what this roundtable discussion is all about. Sorry, I, I would. I mentioned it earlier in my comment, and we, we we haven't really come back to it. Carl Lumley is an actor who you may have seen. Oh God, what was that series like Mantis? Like there was this cheesy sci-fi show way back, and he was also in, I believe, um, in Alias, and he was in um, Battlestar Galactica very briefly. He shows up here and there, but he played the black super soldier uh character uh whose name i I, again also just forgot isaiah bradley thank you oh my god thank you isaiah bradley and this is something that is so deft and when they did this in the comics uh i i don't want to say who did it it might have been brubaker but it probably was before that but when they layered in this idea paralleling the tuskegee you know uh incidents not the right word but you know what i mean the tuskegee testing experiments experiments, yes on black uh i think it was mostly black men but black people on giving them like syphilis and stuff to see how they did horrible stuff right but that real thing to layer that reality in here by saying oh yeah they totally took uh you know a bunch of black soldiers and did the super soldier serum on them to sort of test it to, to test the recreating the serum right to, to put that in there and then to, to give Isaiah's character this, this intense anger that is so earned, so valid and so justified. But then to show the arc of him seeing that, yeah, even though the system and the, the country and, and everyone has treated him as badly, treated, treated black people as badly as they can, that there is this, this shiny little glimmer of hope in Sam taking up the shield and becoming Captain America you know, sort of paralleling the, you know, Obama becoming president and other major milestones that we've thankfully been able to achieve for, uh, for, for black people. And, you know, to some, some tiny amount of uh, reparation uh, without it being actually in a reparation, but like, like that was so magical and so touching. And I, I was really, really, really moved by that whole storyline and then to have the statue at the end. So I, I don't know, BJ. Tell me what you felt like when you were watching that, uh, having that experience. Like, you know, what 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 did that mean for you? Uh, first, I was like, oh, they did the thing. Um, I was like, and they didn't sugarcoat that shit at all, which they shouldn't have. Like, it was one of those things where it's very rarely I see a character have a reaction, and I'm like, yeah, uh, Sam's react. It was Sam, and the whole lot, especially the uh, the talk Sam had with his sister. Um, where he's just like, I can let that embitter me or I can let it change me for the better. And I really liked that. I, and I like that whole, cause that's where he made the decision where he's just like, I am going to become Captain America and that's the end. He's not asking for permission. And I love the fact that he got the, it was the, the honestly, the monument almost made me cry like straight up when, when he got the monument made without showing the world that he's still alive, which is smart. Um, 
and the speech he made, the the talk he had with Isaiah after everything was said and done. If you look in the background where he's talking about his decision and why he did what he did and 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 everything, you can see Isaiah's grandson walking out onto the porch and listening to Sam talk, which is like. You know that's going to be a flashback scene when we finally get our Young Avengers movie or Patriot or Patriot finally shows up. <gasps> yes. Oh my god! So, I completely forgot about that. Oh, that's fr- so. Oh, cool. I didn't. I, I didn't. The, the moment the boy opened the door and said he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to see y'all. Um, I was like, there he is. No, there that's is. so awesome. I'm so. I can't believe I missed that because I love Young Avengers so much. But I forgot that Patriot was Isaiah's grand. That is uh, another yeah. beautiful touch. From the comics, and, and so it 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 felt very cathartic. Um, of course, I was pulled right out of that uh, by literally all the racist people coming out of the woodwork, being like, "No, Sharon Carter should have been Captain America." Literally, somebody who's who's pulling some shady shit, and they're like, "Black guy, somebody I mean, who's running drugs." Let's I'm go not going to say Sharon you wouldn't. Carter. I'm not going to say I wouldn't love a female Captain America. Honestly, True. I think that's a great idea, uh, but obviously not the point of what we're doing here. Just well, so what a character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I Maybe was going to say gets to be Captain America. Yeah, and uh, the and all the actors are reprising their roles in um, What If. Um, so, but no, it 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 meant a lo- it meant a lot to me. It was very great. It's it's a it's there's no way you can avoid really avoid that conversation without outing yourself now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, no, the series was, was literally one of the major focuses of the series is how, what's it like to be in, a black person in America? Like straight up. It's, it's been, it was spelled out multiple times in the show. And it's one of those things where fans are going to be a lot less apologetic about that shit now. I, I'm already seeing it. I'm seeing it in people's interactions online and everything. Like it's one of those things where it gave me a very, it gave me like black, black Panther vibes. It gave me very strong black Panther vibes without feeling like I'm being preached down or talked down to. It was, it was very much about the characters and, and it, it, it just, it felt so organic and it was, I'm like I said, I'm super, I love the character of Isaiah Bradley and I really want, I like the way they presented him. Um, and I really, really want to kind of see him possibly be a point of counsel for Sam and the Captain America four or another series or something. Um, I really want him to take war machine over there for the barbecue. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bucky bringing the cake to the barbecue. That was great. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, yeah, Isaiah, if they didn't have Isaiah in the show, it would have definitely been missing something. Like I, it need, everything involving Isaiah needed to happen. All the talks, all the subject matter, it all needed to happen. And it was the perfect time for it. Absolutely. I mean, even from just the introduction of Isaiah into them leaving the first time and being on the streets of Baltimore and Oof. Sam and, and Bucky getting into an argument and the cops rolling up and, you know, just hassling Sam, regardless of the fact that he is a globally known superhero as the Falcon. Like it just, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they did not shy away from those. And it was great to see a, an authentically black piece of art 
that was socially conscious in the same vein as, or even, even more socially pointed than Luke Cage, because Luke Cage was authentically black. Like just, we are not going to hold back on the blackness of this piece of art. And it was great to see it there. And it's even greater to see a piece like that with such social commentary, especially after what we've lived through um, in the forefront of everybody's mind for the last year and a half, you know, or or a little over a year. We're going into pretty much a year since uh, um, George Floyd's death and, and all of that. And now seeing one person actually being held accountable for it. Hopefully it'll be repeated three more times. Um, so it was great to see all that and, and to see art uh, call out these aspects of real life in such a, a direct way. So uh, some great characters in Isaiah Bradley uh, and his grandson. So like you said, with stature coming with, um, you know, with him being Patriot in the comics with, um, yeah, Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series coming soon. You've got uh, Kamala Khan rolling up in not only her oh, solo show, but now in the retitled Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels. Um, you know, basically seeing all of the Young Avengers starting to take shape in the MCU. Billy and Tommy in their younger forms before they, you know, get brought back in as Speed, Speed and, and Wiccan. Wiccan. Um, you know, so it's great to see how so much is being shaped and how these new actors are being brought in and we're really just getting to kind of grow this universe and to see a universe like this really take shape and to take hold for years to come, you know, at this point, it doesn't look like we're going to be without Marvel properties for the the foreseeable future like we have stuff coming down the pike for a long time and i'm i'm excited for it so overall uh we don't normally do flame ratings for shows but i think this would be a fun one we've had a great conversation about uh about the show overall so if you had to give it a flame rating brian what would you give it i would say four out of five okay bj I'm going to go five out of five. All right. Burn it down. And Eric, what about you? I'll give it four out of five red wings. (laughs) 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 We didn't even talk about red wing that much, but I love red wing. Is that how many red wings they actually went through in the series? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) when I was like, and even though the stupid thing is a drone, it's a UAV. It's like, who cares? It's, it's not, not like alive. It's whatever. But I was still like, Oh, Oh no! And it didn't talk. You thought uh, you'd think that they could have put a voice on it, like Jarvis or um, oh, what's no. Peter's? Um, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. Friday. Do that. Yeah, I really am glad they <laughs> kept it that way. But because because Red Wing doesn't talk in the comics either, right? It's a it's well, a, a, a animal. It's an actual bird, <laughs> right? No, right. But I mean, like the Sam has like a, a relationship. That's like unspoken with Red Wing or, or yeah. spoken from him because like, you you gotta speak that. But yeah, but, but like he's, yeah, well he's got he's got like some sort of avian telepathy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a phrase I haven't heard ever. I think, but um, avian, I love avian it. telepathy. Avian telepathy. I like that. Um, but yeah, I like that they kept that relationship. But yes, I thank you for reminding us of the joy that is Red Wing. <laughs> 
I was hoping that they would have made Red Wing, uh, like, given him a color schematic that went with uh, Sam's new Captain America outfit. That well, there's two of them now, right? Because there was yeah. two helping him with the truck. Yep. Oh, uh, no, no, I think those were just boosters. No, I think he has no, two of them. Two. There's two. Are there two, two of them? Uh, yeah. Oh, he had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Red Wing Jr. It's Red Fox Jr. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think uh, this has been a delightful chat about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you have your own thoughts and opinions that you want to share with us, please do so by uh, going to our social media and commenting. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on uh, Instagram. We're everywhere that you want to be. Um not yet only fans we haven't gotten to that point yet uh for that content but hey you never know times are tough uh <laughs> anywho but just uh share your opinions with us we'd love to hear them if you would like to follow us on the internets you can go to flameonshow.com and uh scroll to the bottom and there are uh, icons there where you can click on or you can just go to the different sections and uh, you'll find all of the links to our different social media platforms right there on our website you can also just hit up linktree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash flame on show and there are links for everything uh from our twitch channels to uh to our social media to our website to where you can buy merch all that is on our link tree link in bio and uh we would love to see you help support us uh on our patreon we are like i said at the beginning of this episode june 1st we will have new patron levels they will be debuting in about a week from when this episode goes live so middle ish of may they will be up there so you can switch over if you're a current patron uh to a new platform and take advantage of one of our delightful new perks that will be there for you. Or you can uh, become a brand new patron at patreon.com forward slash flame on show. And uh, with that being said, thank you gentlemen for being a part of this Falcon and Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, Captain America and the Winter Soldier conversation. And we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new roundup of the pop culture that we are enjoying in the month of May 2021. Deuces! Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.